It's Monday, July 23rd, and this is The Daily Dive. Something to start your Monday with, the NASA of coffee. Colombia's coffee is in danger from threats of fungi and pests. Farmers are looking for ways to battle coffee leaf rust, coffee bud disease, and a pesky beetle. Andrew White, journalist based out of Medellin, Colombia, joins us to discuss how the NASA of coffee is working on ways to keep your coffee fresh. We've all seen that teen with their face buried in their smartphones. You can barely hold a conversation with them before they get bored and go back to their devices. A new study of more than 2,500 teens has just found a link between digital media use and the development of ADHD symptoms. Melissa Healy, health and science reporter for the LA Times, joins us for the particulars and why we should all be taking a break from our devices. Finally, ghosting, a term that usually lives in the online dating world has crept its way into the job market. My producer Miranda joins us to talk about this new trend of blowing off interviews and work all together and how it is driving companies crazy. With a strong job market and more opportunities, people are ghosting possible job prospects. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. It's even more than that. Because you have 500,000 families, it's basically 500,000 different ways to grow coffee. Joining us now is Andrew White, journalist based in Medellin, Colombia. So we're going to be talking about coffee, more specifically Colombian coffee. It's in danger right now. There's three major pests that are taking it down. There's uh, some destructive fungus. There's other uh, a beetle that could that is often attacking the coffee beans. But we're going to talk about Seneca. Cafe, which has been dubbed the NASA of coffee, and they're leading the fight against these things. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so Senec Cafe is basically the world's biggest and oldest research facility specifically dedicated to coffee. It was established about 70 years ago by the coffee growers of, of Colombia, which is sort of like the big co-op there. Because they are backed essentially by the farmers and the people that grow coffee, they're sort of in this cycle where the coffee growers contribute a lot of funding to the researchers but in, in turn, the whole mission statement of the place is to find out how they can use the best science to actually get a better price for the coffee growers because uh, there's about half a million families in Colombia that rely on coffee as their main livelihood and these are tiny little farms. They're only about five acres or so. So it's really important that they can get the most out of the uh, science and be able to keep up with the rest of the world and particularly giants like Vietnam or Brazil that sort of have more of an agri business, huge coffee plantation focus. But that's what a lot of people love. They love these small batch, the artisanal, if you will, coffee growers, especially down in Colombia. It's down close to the equator. There's a lot of different varying climates that give every different farmer here and there a different flavor, something a little bit special. It's even more than that. Because you have 500,000 families, it's basically 500,000 different ways to grow coffee. So there might be a, a little region where everyone's related and that family all decide that this is the way they're going to grow coffee. So even just beyond things like weather or things like that, even the methods that are used are handed down or you can tell the difference between the families that have had exposure to the science from Sandy Cafe and the others that go their own way. Tell us about these major pests that are attacking the coffee and the farmers out there. These are sort of the existential threats to coffee in that they've always 
always been with us. These pests actually grew up with coffee, so to speak, evolutionarily speaking. They are, for the most part, parasites that can't live apart from the coffee plant. So it's not like these things have emerged from nowhere. One particular fungus actually wiped out all of the coffee on Sri Lanka, which was then known as Ceylon. And it's very well known for tea today. But the only reason it's well known for tea is because all of its coffee plantations were wiped out. So really, these different pests that are coming out aren't so much new threats. It's just that as time goes by, we need to develop varieties that have resistance to these things. And that's one of the things that Seni Cafe really focuses on. They've been doing this for 70 years at first, just by your usual Punnett Square sort of thing by uh, crossing different varieties together, but now they have genetics and all these other molecular technologies to help them as well. Some of the major ones are... Coffee rust disease, the coffee borer beetle, and the third one is the coffee berry disease. Thanks to the science there at Senna Cafe, they were able to get a plant that is both leaf rust and bud disease resistant. And and, I mean, that was 20 years of research that it took them to accomplish this. And the reason it takes 20 years because of the way the coffee plant grows, it's not like, say, soya beans where within 90 days you can keep turning around new varieties. You've actually got to plant these things, you know, get the seedlings, then you go to getting coffee trees, then you've got to wait for them to produce their first harvest. And then another year they produce their real coffee harvest because their first one isn't, isn't as good. So it could take you three or four years to find out whether the variety that is resistant to everything also produces good coffee because it doesn't do you a lot of good if you've got a healthy plant that produces bad coffee. And there's a good relationship between uh, Senate Cafe and the coffee farmers. I mean, I'm, I assume a lot of these farmers are using a lot of old techniques and whatnot, and then Senate Cafe is bringing a scientific angle to it. So, I mean, they're working together, but there's a good relationship between all of them, right? So what Senate Cafe did is they set up what they call the extension service. And basically these guys, they wear these bright yellow shirts and you can spot them from a mile away. But basically they each get a little patch of the coffee region and it's their agronomic engineers whose job it is to get wise to the science and then what they do is they go out to all these different areas and they explain the science they explain these new techniques and offer farmers a choice about whether they want to take it up or not so they're really evangelists for these kinds of technologies and for the most part like I, I visited a small farm there last month and the farmers were really enthusiastic and because these engineers visit every single week. There's much more of a one-to-one relationship there than some big research institute in the US trying to impose that on on local farmers. Andrew, you're originally from Australia, right? Yeah. So I I moved here about five years ago because I just love salsa dancing and sort of uh, stayed in Colombia. And and now I work as a science journalist here. Awesome. So is Colombian coffee the best you've ever had? The irony of this story is I'm not actually a big coffee drinker, but since moving to Colombia, I have. And yeah, we were sitting in the Seni Cafe with the director and I said, well, this better be the best cup of coffee I've ever had. And he laughed. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, I'm glad that Seni Cafe, the uh, NASA of coffee, is helping Colombia save its coffee there. Andrew White, journalist based out of Colombia, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. 
they cut out of the uh, study all those who had fairly measurable levels of ADHD symptoms at the start. So they started with a group of kids who had no measurable level of ADHD symptoms at the start of the study. And two years later, they found that those who engaged the most with online activities were, compared to those who engaged the least with online activities, about twice as likely to have significant ADHD symptoms. Joining us now is Melissa Healy, health and science reporter for the LA Times. So we're going to talk about this new study that links heavy usage of smartphones and digital devices to ADHD. What did the study show? As kids acknowledged working up a ladder of engagement with online activities, doing more of them and doing them more intensively, their likelihood of showing ADHD symptoms, symptoms of attention deficit disorder and hyperactivity disorder, increased. And we're talking about symptoms of inattention, symptoms of inability to focus or concentrate, inability to complete work, impulsivity, that sort of thing. And basically their likelihood of showing some significant level of symptoms increased with every step up the ladder they took of their the intensity of their uh, engagement in online activities. As a parent of kids who grew up in this sort of digital native uh, generation, there's a certain amount of sense here in the idea that kids who constantly have a phone attached to their hip and dinging at them and notifying them of incoming and, and constantly texting, scrolling, streaming, it's hard to imagine that they can focus for very long. We can all picture it mentally. I mean, we've all seen that kid who has their phone, their face buried in it, and you're trying to talk to them or something like that. And then you're right, you know, you get a ping and their direction turns from you to their phone right away. Or hold, yeah, they're gone. Or, they're gone. Yeah, hold on a second. I got to respond to this real quick. It's like, we're, <laughs> right, having, a, right now. we're having a conversation. Why Why are you doing this? Right. So we can all, we all picture that. We've all seen that kid. How did they do this study? They, look, they looked at a group of more than 2,500 kids. They started with a larger group, actually, and they eliminated people because they wanted a baseline of kids that didn't have any of these symptoms at first. Yeah. ADHD is associated already with sort of sensation-seeking. And any kid who clearly has ADHD or is right up at the clinical definition of ADHD is going to be more likely to engage with online activity in a kind of a frenzied and maybe disorganized way. So what they did was among this group of a little more than 2,500 10th and 11th graders, all students at uh, L.A. County high schools, they did a baseline test of their symptoms and they basically disregarded, they they cut out of the uh, study all those who had fairly measurable levels of ADHD symptoms at the start. So they started with a group of kids who had no measurable level of ADHD symptoms at the start of the study. And two years later, they found that those who engaged the most with online activities were, compared to those who engaged the least with online activities, 
about twice as likely to have significant ADHD symptoms. So that's a pretty big effect. There's been a bunch of studies done of how kids are spending nine plus hours looking at screens and and, um, their devices. So the engagement on these kids is very high. It's fairly clear these days. This is a generation in which you are unlikely to find many kids who are not, at least at some significant level, engaged with their mobile devices, their digital devices, and the like. 95% of kids, according to a recent study by Pew, 95% of kids own or have access to a smartphone. And 45% say they're online, quote, almost constantly. Now, the study didn't say there was a causation between high use of these digital devices and ADHD symptoms, but they said they're at least linked. There's a high probability that they're linked somehow. Yeah. When you find a link, when you find an association, you're stopping a little bit short of saying that one clearly caused the other. But there are things you can do to allow people to make that inference with greater confidence. And one of the things, again, is to rule out kids who already had ADHD at the beginning or ADHD symptoms at the beginning and simply see who developed them in the course of the study itself. Yeah. Tech companies are already realizing that this is an increasing problem. Um, You know, there was Apple investors saying, hey, we need to do something to limit how much kids are using these things because they're becoming addicted to the devices and whatnot. So it is a trend that people are noticing already. Do we know if there's a next step for these students that they were following? Are they going to continue to monitor their progress? You know, I don't know. They certainly should, shouldn't they? Right. I mean, if they're already in the program, I mean, it would be really good to see them over, you know, an even longer period of time and see how it continues to develop. Exactly. And one of the interesting things here is precisely that this reflects in an interesting way on a sort of an evolving understanding of ADHD. More and more psychiatrists are finding that they are diagnosing ADHD in older adolescents and in adults. Everybody long thought of ADHD as little kids bouncing off walls and unable to do their schoolwork in grade school. Increasingly, it's a, um, you know, it's a psychiatric disorder that's being diagnosed in older adolescents and in young adults and in older adults. Well, I'm sure it'll be an ongoing battle for parents to get their kids to get off of those devices. Um, but, you know, it's one to, uh, to keep monitoring. Uh, Melissa Healy, health and science reporter for the LA Times. Thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. We have the strongest economy that we've ever had in the United States. In the history of the United States, we have the best unemployment numbers. Joining me now is my producer, Miranda. There's this notion in the dating world of something called ghosting. Basically, if I was talking to you and we were talking to each other and having a great time, and then maybe I wasn't feeling the relationship anymore, I'd just break off contact, cold turkey, not responding anymore to you. The other person is left to feel, you know, in the lurch, not knowing what's going on. So this concept of ghosting has been going on in the dating world for a while now, and it's crept over into another part of our lives, into the job market. There's more jobs than ever. We're record unemployment. People have a lot of options on their hands right now. What is ghosting as it relates to jobs, Miranda? Basically the same way as it relates to dating, Oscar. It's going to your interview and then just kind of blowing it off once given the offer. Many businesses are reporting that 20 to 50% of job applicants and workers start pulling no-show acts in some form, which is stop coming in or stop responding to texts and emails. 
it happens in a lot of lower skilled, lower paying jobs. I, I can totally get that if you're working at a fast food place and, you know, you don't want to deal with it anymore. Just stop coming in. But this extends beyond that. This is uh, reaching into white collar jobs, a lot of other industries. Yeah. And they're saying that it's actually kind of giving employers a taste of their own medicine. So back in the recession, there were more people than jobs. 25 people would interview for two jobs and the two people would get hired and the rest of the people would get nothing back from the employer. No explanation, no answer. So it's the, the tables have been completely flipped. They blame this a lot on uh, younger people and kind of lack of professionalism. They say that ghosting has become part of a new vocabulary for younger people in which no response is a response. If I'm not calling you back or I'm not uh, responding to your calls about this job offer, that basically means I don't need your job. They just say that people stop doing this stuff. They stop responding or stop coming in because it's awkward. People inherently don't want to uh, anger or disappoint somebody so that instead of rejecting them, and it's not even a rejection of the person, it's just a rejection of a job. Right. But they're expecting this person on the receiving end to take it so personally, they'd rather just avoid the awkward conversation altogether. I can sympathize with that a little bit because if you're going to call and say, hey, you know, I, I don't want this job, well, someone's going to be curious and ask why. And it's like, well, because your place sucks or <laughs> I don't, you know, don't want to work for you anymore. Can it just be as simple I as that. I got a different offer that is more to my liking. Exactly. A lot of people say that a new job offer will come up. I'm going to take that. I'm going to go with this. And I don't really need to do anything on this. They say ghosting is on the rise with this. In May, 2.4% of people quit and switch jobs. And it's the highest that's been in 17 years. Like I said, there's these options. Lots of jobs available. Our unemployment is at 3.8%. It's so low right now. So what are employers doing to counteract this? One thing that they're doing is that during the initial interviews, they work harder to sell candidates on the benefits of working for the company, loading the interviews up with the perks. This is what you're going to get if you work here. So we work at iHeartMedia. Sometimes we get to go to really cool events. Another thing that they're doing is that they're overbooking interviews, knowing that about half of their candidates won't show up. Even if they pass the background test and the second interviews and the drug testing, a lot of times they won't bother to show up for their first day of work. They just blow it off. <laughs> it's just a, an, a weird thing. It's something I've never done. So it just sounds odd to me in my ear. What are some of these hiring managers and recruiters, what are they doing after they've been ghosted? Well, they're keeping lists. They're right. making spreadsheet lists. And they said a lot of them said that the names are burned in their memory, which, you know, how long is that going to last? These are very recent irritations. Right. But a lot of HR managers and hiring people switch companies all the time. Yeah. They say also say that they'll make a range of phone calls, anywhere from three to five phone calls. The first one is like, hey, uh, you didn't come in work or hey, are you going to come in? You know, maybe they missed the call or something like that. The very last one is always like, well, this is the last call. You're not going to get this job anymore. Or we yeah. don't need you anymore. There are a lot more jobs there. They're not always the ones that everybody wants. And I think that's why this type of thing, this ghosting thing takes place. There's a lot of options for you. So if it's very easy for someone to ditch something that they don't think is the best option for them, something better comes up, I'm going to go for that. But there is a professional courtesy. As you said, a lot of people felt the opposite when you go apply for a job and then they never call you back. They hire somebody else and they're happy and, you know, they're just moving forward. But they forgot to tell all the other people that were interviewing, well, we went with somebody else. Ghosting on the job. Have you ever done it? 
I actually hate to say that I have done it. You're not going to do it over here, are you? Hey, well, remains to be seen. In my defense, I was a child. I was 16 years old. I was a summertime lifeguard at a water park. And, you know, August rolled around and I didn't want to work for the last two weeks before school started. Wow. I just stopped going. But they hired me back the next summer and I did it again. Thank you, Miranda. Thank you, Oscar. All right, that's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on Twitter and Daily Dive Podcast on Facebook. We love the feedback, so don't forget to leave us a comment and give us a rating. Follow The Daily Dive on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Daily Dive is produced by Miranda Moreno and engineered by John Considine. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this was your Daily Dive. 